0: When the game is over and you want more, when the news breaks and you want more, when you wake up and you want more, it's highlights, it's breakdowns, it's analysis, it's opinion, it's curbside reaction, your next day post-game podcast, and it starts now.
1: I thought it was a great game plan, to be honest, Um so obviously give the coaches credit for that, but uh, guys were just directing and, and shooting the puck when they had opportunities, and... Sometimes you, you get some that you don't really deserve, and sometimes um, you, know, you get stopped. So I think uh, right now they're going in for us. I think uh, the best power plays converge around the crease, and uh, I think in previous times I think we were on the outside a little bit too much, and, and now we're uh, a little bit more hungry around the crease.
0: Well, that was Tori Krug talking about the power play yesterday for the St. Louis Blues against the Montreal Canadiens that went three for five and led the St. Louis Blues to a 7-2 victory over Montreal, giving them two games in a row since the end of the break and two games in a row to open up this road trip. And what a huge game it was for Tori Krug after they added another assist to Jordan Cairo's second goal of the game. Krug finishing the game with five assists in the game. What a day it was. For Tori Krug on the offensive side of things. Hello everybody, I'm Chris Kerber and welcome into Curbside Reaction, next day postgame podcast featuring everything St. Louis Blues. It was a crazy game. It was a game that had four different referee scenarios where they had to huddle up to get calls correct and in the end the referees had a pretty good game. More about that in just a little bit. But before we go any further, it was a great win for the St. Louis Blues. It improves the record to 28-21 and two. And let's get you to the highlights. Turn back over at center to Pearson and the Canadian. Shoot it back to the blues zone. Krug off the wall. Clears it to center. Tarevchenko left to right, enters the Montreal zone. Drags, drives the goal, tucks it in. What a In The Blues take a 1-0 lead. Perico shoots. Score! <laughs> Colton Perico with a slap shot from the blue line that sneaks inside the post. Colton looks back to make sure one of his teammates didn't deflect it. And then he leads the Congo line to the bench for the 2-0 lead. 5-0-5 gone in the first period. Trying to jam it in the middle. It's loose in front bouncing after it. It goes into the corner. Shen is there with seven seconds to go. Caulfield battles it away. Slapkowski the Matheson. Holds it in. Over to the far wing. And the puck coming through. And, <laughs> and right at the end of the power play, the Montreal Canadiens Suzuki finally scores. The Blues penalty box because for that five minutes the clock never stopped to put anybody in. they had to kill the penalty I think until the next stoppage of play. So the Blues go to work now on an Ameren Missouri power play. Thomas shooting. Rebound. Cairo score. Seven seconds into the power play. Blues regain a two-goal lead. Three to one the score. Cairo the goal. 440 to go first period. Shen, works it up ice, crude, there, shot goes wide, into the corner, played by Shen, right back to the middle, nice play, Walker, he scores, Nathan Walker coming from the bench, left alone, and he puts it in past Allen, a 4-1 to one St. Louis Blues score, Two eleven to go, second period, here is Letty straight away, not a Thomas down the middle, shoot, score, a wrist shot low past Allen on the stick side. 5-1 Blues, 31 seconds into the third period. Canadians get it into the middle to Alex Newhook, now to Stubble on the near side. Stubble takes it down into the circle, into the high slot. They go! Shoot and score! <laughs> Savard! Wrist it to the net, might have been deflected by Armita. The Canadians get their second of the game, it's 5-2 and 16.54 to go in the third. That's Kyrie. Returns it to Krug to Cairo out high, back to Krug into traffic, shot deflected on Allen, the save. Neighbors he scores. Jake Neighbors on the doorstep, finds the back of the net again, another power play goal, and it is six to two Blues. Twelve forty-six to go, third period. Kessel, back to his own end to get it, bounces off the wall over to Krug, coming around cleared out by Shen he threw it into space Kyru with some steam and ahead moves it in shoots just wide But Navic after it about then he score that's going to be a goal by Kairu. he shot it wide it came off the end boards hits Allen in the skate and trickles inside the post 7-2 St. Louis 427 to go I see Jake just drop your gloves and punch him in the face there you go here we go Jake does it Jake Neighbors grabs a hold as Kovacevic. seven comes in with a nupper, trying to jab to the right side. Neighbors comes back with a rabbit of zone, and they go to the ice. Man of the St. Louis Blues of a player and his young, Jake Neighbors. Well, those are the highlights from the win for the Blues. It still has them right now in fourth place in the Central Division. Their 58 points is good enough to tie the St. Louis Blues with the idle Los Angeles Kings for the top wildcard spot. Now, L.A. does have two games in hand. L.A. has only played 49. The Blues have played 51. And with one game in hand on Nashville, the Blues move two points ahead of the Nashville Predators. Currently, the Blues sit with 58 points, nine points behind Winnipeg and 10 points behind Colorado. Quick standings note for you. The Blues do have two games in hand on Colorado. You yeah, never know. Could the Blues close the gap yet on Winnipeg and potentially Colorado before everything is all said and done? We'll have to wait and see, but the Blues have won seven of their last eight games and are a season-high seven games over five hundred. There were some fantastic scenarios in that game. Jake Neighbors had a goal. He had an assist. He had a late third-period fight. He had a Gordie Howe hat-trick, and Jake Neighbors joined us after the game.
1: Uh, it's obviously tough back-to-back. Uh, you know, they were on one too, but, um, you know, it's a tough barn to come into. they got a lot of life in this building. They play well at home, and I thought we did a good job of obviously starting well. Coming out of the, the first with a 3-1 lead is encouraging, and, um, you know, obviously shut it down after that.
2: Uh, Jake, I would imagine that... Uh, jordan Bennington's gonna owe you maybe a nice cold soda tonight do you know that because you dropped the gloves when you dropped them you prevented the goal against from happening? did you realize that all happened
1: i didn't until i got to the room and then uh everybody was talking about summer review and i said i was like how are they reviewing the fight like kind of what happened there and um no they said they they said they scored so i'm just thankful that uh you know, I contributed to something there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you contributed to a little bit more than just yeah. uh, something here today What prompted you? It's a 7-2 game, I have to ask. 7-2 game, it's a minute to go. You've already had a terrific game. It's been a great road trip so far. Super Bowl Sunday. What uh, w- What came about you? Know, what What got invigorated inside you to drop the gloves there?
1: Um, uh, I think the Gordy obviously played into it. Um, other than that, I think it was just, it was getting feisty out there. It felt like something needed to happen and, you know, sometimes a fight settles things down and was just kind of in a face-pushing match with this guy and just said, let's go, let's get it over with. So nobody else has to do it, and we can just end this garbage right now and get this game over with. So, um, I don't know, kind of an instinct play. I don't think I was thinking too much about it, but um, haven't had a Gordy before, so that's nice. <laughs> Jake, uh, two guys
0: I wanted to get your thoughts on here uh, before we let you go. Uh, just the leadership and veteran aspect uh, from your perspective of what Tori Krug and Braden Shen have been bringing to your team.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously both guys have played a lot of – a lot of games in this league, been to cup finals, played, you know, in other deep playoff runs. And, um, you know, they're essential to our team. Obviously, they're leaders. Um, they drive the play for us, um, for our team. And, um, you know, huge factors to when we're having success. So uh, nice to see Tori have, a, I'm sure, what was a close to a career night, if not a career night. And uh, obviously, Shannon doing his thing out there. So, um, you know, those two guys are so big for us.
0: Jake, uh, we appreciate you a lot. Thanks for helping us through that game. That was a wild one for us to figure out. We we spent so much time in the rule, but we feel like we just did homework.
1: Yeah, I mean, us too. We had no idea what was going on (laughs) half the time. We were just kind of waiting for the refs to tell us. How many guys to put on the ice? So, um, but we got through it, got the two points, and enjoy the Super Bowl tonight. All right, let's hear from the head coach of the Saint Louis Blues, Drew Bannister. Now, there's two things to hear
0: from Drew here in the curbside postgame podcast today. The first was from a pregame comment. He was talking about Alexei Toropchenko, the amount of ice time he's getting, the trust that the coaching staff has in him, and then how Alexei Toropchenko drives his offense. Well, that happened 25 seconds into the hockey game with his. Goal, and here was Drew Bannister talking about Alexei Toropchenko.
3: His responsibility with the puck and understanding his game, and that it, it has to start with him being a forechecking player, and then getting on bodies and physicality. You see, yesterday he's able to, you know, make a play and bring the puck to the net, which you know he almost scores on the play, but you know draws a penalty, and that that penalty led to to a goal for us in the power play. So you know, little little things that, that people don't recognize, I think, but uh, you know, I value uh, value Torpo. I've always valued him since I've had him in the American League and what he brings to the team but uh, you know we talk about the energy he brings a lot of energy and physicality to his game you know and with the offense I think it can come but it usually comes in spurts with what I've seen with him but uh, like Yesterday was a good sign that I saw him bringing pucks to net because that's where he's going to usually score his goals is right around the blue paint.
0: Again, that was a pregame comment from Bannister on Toropchenko, and then Toropchenko scored that goal 25 seconds in. Now, the other scenario is something that you don't see very often. Five minutes, 18 seconds in, Sammy Blay was given a five-minute boarding major penalty. The St. Louis Blues chose not to put a player in the penalty box. There was a stoppage of play about 20 seconds into the major power play, but there wasn't a stoppage of play the rest of the way. Because the Blues chose not to put a player in the penalty box at that point, and during any other stoppage of play, they could put a player in the penalty box, when the power play expired, the Blues still remained a man down. And when the Montreal Canadiens got the goal from Suzuki... It wound up being considered an even-strength goal, not a power play goal, despite the fact that the Blues only had four players on the ice, and that's because they did not have a player in the penalty box to come out of the box. The Blues would have had to wait for a stoppage of play to bring that fifth player back on the ice from the bench. It's a coach's call drew banister addressed it after the game
3: my decision early on was to, to keep my guys on the bench and make the decision as, as it went on but we only had one whistle which is a little bit strange but that's on me um you know if there was a penalty you know called the other way where we went four on four and you know but let's say i, I had jordan cairo he's a guy that i wanted to, to, to have out on the ice in that situation so that was that was my call and that was on my on, on me really and usually in a in a five minute power play, you have one. We only had one, and it was twenty seconds into the first part of the power play, and, and then it went straight through there. So it was unusual, but that, that was my call, and, and at the end of the day it, it stung us. And that you know, that 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 decision is on me.
0: Well, that wasn't the only crazy aspect of that game from an officiating standpoint. And look, Garrett Rank, Kyle Raymond, they had their hands full in this one. There were four different either reviews or discussions that led to calls having to be explained. You had the review on the Sammy Blay hit. That's a tough one. And whether you agree with the calls or not, at least they were explained and the play rolled on accordingly. There was another discussion on Oscar Sunquist was penalized for tripping. They called him for tripping about 5 minutes and 11 seconds into the second period. That would look like it was going to be the call. But Kyle Raymond came over, talked to Garrett Rank, the two discussed it. They end up giving Sunquist an embellishment penalty and the trip, but then they also called Guly for tripping as well, so the Blues still were on a penalty kill in that scenario. Later on, you had a potential breakaway for Brandon Sod. He was dead even with the defending player. The defending player dove, went to knock the puck away, and in the process tripped Brandon Sod. Well, that play was done by Matheson. They originally, the referee pointed to center ice for a penalty shot. The officials got together. They negated the penalty shot. They kept the tripping penalty on the board, and eventually the Blues would get yet another power play goal. That would be the power play goal scored by Jake Neighbours in the game. And then finally, even at the end of the game, when Jake Neighbours had his fight, they had to review this one because just as the fight was starting, the Montreal Canadiens scored what looked to be a goal. In the end, the officials said there was no goal because the fight and the altercation had already started. Martin St. Louis of the Canadians argued it, but in the end, the goal was not awarded. The Blues would eventually win the game by a score of 7-2. to It was a crazy game for those that love the rule book and everything involved, and for the most part, the two referees in the game, Garrett Rank and Kyle Raymond, did a heck of a job maneuvering their way through it. All right, let's get to the rest of the breakdown of the game, and here's Joe Vitale talking about the importance of the two points earned yesterday. You
2: know, this was a game, I think, the goaltending and the defensive side, I think they would have loved some run support. I think the Blues have been winning some really tight games. You know, yeah, you get a couple goals there in Buffalo before you get that big one late with Jake Nabors to make it 3-1, but it's a 2-1 to one game pretty much the entire stretch. That adds a lot of stress to the coaches, a lot of stress to the players, continuing to play your top guys. But in a game like this where you're up by 3, 4, 5 goals at stretches, you know, Drew Bannister, he, in back-to-back situations, you can use the whole bench. You can put out the fourth line. You can use Sunquist and Nathan Walker and all those kind of players and, and maybe give a little bit of a break to your Jordan Kyrou's and Thomas's and certainly on the back end in the Colton Pareko. So especially back-to-back, you love to see the run support. You would love to see the coaches use the entire bench. But I think that this is just another game where the Blues are figuring out different ways to win the game. You get on the board early, it was the fourth line. That's back-to-back games. He started this fourth line. This starting to become a bit of an identity line that's chipping in here and there, playing with energy, playing with speed. And then, of course, the Blues really never look back. Three power play goals, I yeah. believe, in the game here, all set up from, you know, Robert Thomas and Torrey Krug, top of the key, simple shots down to the front of the net, net front presence, rebound tips, goofy bounces, whatever you want to call it. It's a, it's a Drew Bannister simplification of a power play. Shots from the outside, there were two out of the three goals. They had three bodies around the blue paint. They're just looking for trash, and, and certainly it made a big difference in the game this afternoon as well.
0: Special teams, as you mentioned, a big part of this one, and uh, even on uh, the game yesterday to today, the goaltending has really been good these first two games back for the Blues. Well,
2: not only your goaltending, but you have to compare it to the goaltending you're facing. I mean, the reality is it's Biddington versus Allen. Yesterday is Hofer versus Ukapekalukinen. How are they going to match up? There were goals yesterday that snuck past Uka Pakalukainen that I think Binnington, or excuse me, Hofer would have, would have had. I think there's goals in the in the game this afternoon. With one have two snuck under the pad of Bin, or, uh, Jake Allen, one snuck behind him off his skate after he hit the glass. I mean, to me, I think those are saves right now that Bennington's having. So you've got to go out and you've got to out the other guy. I think for the most part, both goaltenders have done such a good job of outdoing the guy across the ice from them but I go back to the way they're using them. Their legs are fresh. They've been very sharp, and I think it's a little untraditional, but I love what the Blues have done. They have split the time. I would say it's been about 60-40 or 70-30. It stretches more Bennington than Hofer, but they're using Hofer a lot. Even in games where you think, oh, they're going to go back with their starter, like yesterday, for example. To me, that was maybe a Bennington game. They end up going with Hofer, and it proved to be a very successful thing as now the Blues have started this road trip curves 2-0. All
0: right, so now you've got the – Toronto Maple Leafs coming up. The team will stay in Montreal tonight, fly to Toronto tomorrow, and a chance to make it from a good road trip to a great one. And this is, once again, kind of like that Columbus game. I know I know, the competition is very different. But you give yourself a chance to make something good, great. You lose that game and try to go, hey, that's a 2-1 road trip. We'll take that any day of the week. And, and you accept it. But that's the difference and maybe getting over the hump to really securing that playoff spot is taking the good and making it great. Well,
2: and you've got to make it great, especially this time of the year. Look what they did in Seattle. I mean, that road trip um, earlier in January yep. where they went through Vancouver and Calgary, you, know, you start that road trip in Calgary, great. You get a great win there, a great come-from-behind victory, right? And then you go to Vancouver. Backs against the wall, using your backup goalie in Vancouver, a tough matchup. You win that game. All of a sudden, now you're in Seattle on the start of a 2-0 road trip. And, again, you fall behind in that game, but here they do. They come battling back once again, and they turn a good road trip into a great road trip. And, yep. of course, they've really built upon something great here. So I think this is just this team right now in the rhythm of just take that next step. We, we mentioned the buy-in of these players from the head coach earlier in the game. That's what it takes. It takes the buy-in of the philosophy. You find wins in the philosophy, and then it becomes contagious. And right now, Curbs, I'm looking at a team right now that is using both goaltenders correctly, giving them the breaks when they need it, and defensively it's just been extremely sound, and your power play continues to click along and get your goals and win your hockey games. All
0: right, what do you got for your uh, Bud Light three stars and your Joe Vitale work boots?
2: Number one here tonight, Torrey Crew with the four assists. Afternoon, Jordan Kyrou will be number two. He got his 100th goal with two goals here this afternoon, and his second one being his 100th. And then Robert Thomas, number three. He had another terrific game here. And I'm going to go with Jake Neighbors. We just spoke to the young man, uh, Gordie Howe, hat trick. Thank
0: you, Joe. Let's check in with Tim Woodburn, veteran hockey broadcaster, did play-by-play for 12 seasons and covered major and minor league sports for 30 seasons. He joins us each and every episode of Turbside Reaction, Tim Woodburn's reaction to the game yesterday.
4: Hey, Chris, a fun win for the Blues on Super Bowl Sunday. First of all, Jake Neighbors with the Gordie Howe hat trick. I cannot get through this segment without saying that first. Secondly, the Blues power play is finally starting to come around. You're starting to see some structure. You're starting to see some production, and that's what it's going to take to get this done. They are in the heart of a playoff race right now. I remember a couple years ago when uh, the Blues missed the playoffs by one point, and they traded Paul Stasny at the deadline. be very interesting to see this month of February how the Blues do and what Doug Armstrong does with this roster. Can they make a run? Can they not make a run? It's going to be very interesting to watch that. Secondly, I want to say something about Jordan Binnington. He'll get lost in the shuffle of a 7-2 win, but, you know, I've been watching Blues hockey for 45 years, not counting Martin Brodeur who was the best ever, who actually changed the rules of the game because of how well he played the puck. I I think Jordan Binnington might be the best player of the puck as a goalie that I've ever seen as a Blue. I love Manny Legacy, but he thought he was a lot better than he was in playing the puck, but Bennington makes smart plays, and now he's rested now that Joel Hofer plays one out of three, or two out of four, and that's not something you see a whole lot of in championship teams. Usually, they ride one goalie to the promised land, but, you know, the Blues like to do things their own way, and it was a fun game to watch. Jordan Cairo's 100th career goal, I'll tell you what, since he had his little mini meltdown the night Perubi got fired, uh, the fans booing him have certainly fired him up, and uh, he and J neighbors are in a battle for the team leading goals and uh, I love seeing Joru or excuse me Kairu get a little get a little angry about what went down and uh, he's been a different player in my opinion for curbside reaction this is Tim Woodburn
0: all right, Tim, thank you very much. Well, we already talked about the officiating. One other quick takeaway for me from yesterday's game, and there are so many different things to talk about. It could be Jordan Bennington. It could be Neighbors. It could be Cairo. It could be Shen. We heard Jake Neighbors talking about the leadership of Krug and Shen and how important that's been. But I'm actually going to take this in the direction of Kevin Hayes. Now, Kevin Hayes didn't get an assist. He didn't get a point, despite the fact that the Blues had seven goals. One of the things that maybe we didn't see as much of Kevin Hayes, especially with him spending so much of his time in the Eastern Conference, is how good of a player he is on the defensive side of the puck. He made so many good plays and helped the Blues kill so many plays over the course of that game against Montreal. Yes, eventually the offense is going to come. Kevin Hayes right now sits on the season with 21 points, with 10 goals and 11 assists. Doesn't have a power play goal yet, is getting power play time. But it's what he is bringing from a size standpoint leadership standpoint in the room and also that defensive conscientious play that you need in your bottom six of the lineup and Kevin Hayes has been getting it done much like yesterday we focused on Tori Krug in the takeaway part when he didn't make the score sheet today we focus a little bit on Kevin Hayes and the appreciation he should get for the style of play he has for the St. Louis Blues right now. So the St. Louis Blues get the victory over the Montreal Canadiens. They head to Toronto today. They take on the Maple Leafs tomorrow night, and then they come home for a four-game homestand against the Edmonton Oilers, the Nashville Predators, the Maple Leafs, and the New York Islanders. Of course, the Blues and Maple Leafs from Toronto come your way on Tuesday night. Thanks for tuning in to Curbside Reaction. We bring it to you the day after every single St. Louis Blues game. It's your next day post-game podcast. And hopefully you're enjoying it. You can you can download it on any of the podcast formats that are out there. I'm Chris Kerber. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great start to your week, and we will see you at the ring.